Blakers, what's up? Uh, we're back briefly. Darcy is back from Spain. Hello, darlings. I'm back from Spain. So you get another episode. Uh, I'm leaving myself in two weeks, so we're <laughs> be <laughs> pretty. Uh, uh, Kieran's uh, physically leaving himself in two weeks. It's going to be a trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how the fuck are you doing? Uh, it's good to to sit down and chat with you again. Thank I'm trying you. To, I'm trying to. Oh, I was talking to the listener. I, <laughs> I was trying <laughs> I to. I'm trying to engender the like sort of to feel loved. Uh, I'm trying to encourage this sort of uh, parasocial insanity that makes podcasts succeed. False sense of familiarity and camaraderie. Yeah, yeah. It's me, your personal friend, Kieran, here with your other personal friend, Darcy. Two men with severe socialization issues. Let's chat. Your How best is- friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's bleak. Uh, if, if, if any of you are coming to this for parasocial shit there are cooler people out there that you could be fucking uh, that you could be fucking yeah pause this and get to the business mm. Mm. how was spain darcy spain was uh great it's a beautiful country mm. it is or countries yeah as i learned when i was over there yeah um they have lost catalonia like 100 <laughs> percent catalonia's yeah. gonna leave on any given apartment building, at least a third of the balconies have independence yeah, slogans right. and flags hanging off them. How do the fucking Basque people feel about Catalonia <laughs> coming in? And um, the well, when I was in San Sebastian, the Basque people were keeping sturm about it. Yeah, um, I think they're largely concerned with their own stuff at the moment. Oh yeah, for and. Sure. There seems to be a little honeymoon period going on between mm. like the sort of Castilian Maine and the Basque enclave. Uh, yeah, they're just enjoying a, a, a peaceful interlude right now. Yeah, yeah. Though if Catalonia does actually, or when Catalonia does actually leave, it would probably change things, I would think. Yeah, yeah. No think doubt. of them as like the Welsh to Catalonia's Scotland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. So that's your assessment of the country. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. The drains need substantial work mm. um, in the major cities, excepting mm. in the Basque region. The drains are very good in the Basque region. But in Catalonia and Castile, the uh, cities did have an unfortunate tendency to smell like poo, which... Mm. That's a classic problem. Somewhat. That's throwback. That's European culture. It's... Right there. <laughs> In fairness to Spain, um, Franco spent mo- most of the like decades. The rest of Western Europe was modernizing its infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Franco <clears throat> was just very deliberately not doing that. I think that uh, kind of goes over people's heads a little bit because they think of Europe as this conglomerate of very sort of modern cosmopolitan nations. But yeah, when Franco was in charge for a long time, it was fucking isolated. It was. It was know, yeah, one hundred percent developmentally. Um, Spain and Portugal to a lesser extent, because mm. the Portuguese fascists were a little bit less incompetent than the Spanish ones. Mm. Spain's developmentally more akin to Poland or mm. um, Hungary than it is to like France or Germany. It explains why their art is still so cool, while so much other European art has kind of struggled to get out of extreme bougie decadence. Their art's fantastic. They've got a great reverence for Hieronymus Bosch. Yeah. If you go to the Museo del Prado, you can uh, walk right up to his uh, triptychs, and Mm. they are largely unguarded and unsupervised. It's 
quite crazy. You can literally smell the cedar wood in the frames. Yeah, interesting. But they can't pronounce Hieronymus Bosch, so they call him El Bosco. (laughs) El Bosco. Yeah. And, of course, not forgetting the other equally uh, fantastic and uh, deserving of praise Spanish artist, just as meaningful, just as uh, subtle, uh, Guillermo del Toro. Ah. And the Hellboy movies, which are... There wasn't much Guillermo in the (coughs) El Prado Museum, but (laughs) you never know. I love fucking that crazy childish man. He's great. Pan's Labyrinth is is a fucking banger of a film. Oh, and the consternation when he said, yeah, there's a reason that the hands monster was a tall, pale, old white man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) What? From a European? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the fish fucking movie, but uh, I'm sure it's okay. I'm sure it's good. There is, there is, the, poverty in Spain's um, very well hidden compared mm. to poverty in, say, France, yeah. but uh, it's still very, very present. Yeah. Um, I've, the um, uh, beggars uh, are much more aggressive um, out of a much greater desperation in Spain than mm. beggars I've seen elsewhere. Yeah. And there are scavengers um, uh operating on in numbers i haven't seen elsewhere and in, in yeah. c- kind of more equivalent economies yeah so in any time a building site is closed up for the day there'll be people yeah. kind of hovering <clears throat> yeah right so there's a lot of problems in spain the mm. the um young millennial socialists in spain have far more obvious issues to resolve yeah. much more poorly hidden issues to resolve than we do here mm. um and hopefully that means that they will be able to gain greater greater influence and, and more readily available public support because there are far fewer things they have to convince people of. Yeah, yeah. Cool. That's a very adroit analysis. And also, Tapas is very good. Tapas is amazing. When it doesn't um, cost like $17 yeah. for a plate of three God. crackers with a bit of squid on top. Spanish cuisine killed me. It's it so good. so good. It's so fucking and good. And their small goods... Mm. are absolutely to die for. Oh, I, yeah. I won't be able to eat Australian-produced When you come back here and it's like... Mm, on ever again. Yeah. Primo fucking <laughs> Just, salami. I want, I want the Potoki brothers to be hung from lampposts. <laughs> I want Don's factories to be firebombed. What we have done to small goods now makes me angry and upset. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> we, def- we have all of the same... Um, agricultural capacity as spain we have the same level of skill in our slaughtermen and and meat cures and so on yeah it's disgraceful it is disgraceful well relatable relatable stuff there uh welcome to the show anyway we should probably (laughs) get into the fucking show una cunha por favor roll that fucking song a modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. And all these goals are understood, but misery is a public good, so come and feed your sorrows till you're spent. Well, just to come, the captain said, the icebergs are the dead ahead, the men will keep the engines fed, I have a deal with God. We're at the end of history, there ain't a hope for you or me, when workers philanthropically believe in the economy. But what a feast for tired eyes, the poison earth, the boiling skies, everyone their own depths spies, remember when the world was wise, we no, 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 no. All right. Darcy, what's our first headline? 
Oh, story. Sorry, story. Our first story is that we have an aged care food fiasco. Yes. Um, this comes to us courtesy of SBS. Uh-huh. There's been a Royal Commission roll its report in. Mm-hmm. And as usual, the Royal Commission has uh, shed the light of day on a topic that was already sitting out in the blazing sun. Mm-hmm. Not their fault. Yeah. It's just annoying that we need to appoint people to <laughs> explain these excruciatingly readily apparent things. Mm. So... Aged care facilities in Australia, yeah. not all of them, but a terrifying number of them, yeah. are starving their uh, patients mm-hmm. to death. Mm-hmm. Essentially, the uh, Dietitians Association of Australia, not nutritionists, dietitian is a protected term. Mm. If somebody is a dietitian, you can listen to what they have to say, safe from the knowledge that they are, in fact, an expert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the Dietitians Association of Australia CEO, Robert Hunt, has said... For years and years, this silent, faceless abuser called malnutrition has been around. Mm. And the essential problem is this. We've got 1.4 million uh, elderly people in this country who are at risk of malnutrition. Mm-hmm. And a little over 300,000 are actually malnourished. Mm. Chefs working, unfortunately the commission hasn't named any facilities, so I can't name any facilities. Mm. But chefs working who reported to the Royal Commission have claimed that they are expected to feed people on budgets between $7 to $3.40 per person per day. Yeah. Um, They are under instruction to use spoiled food. Nah. Yep. And they are under instruction to use leftovers for texture-modified meals, mm. uh, which you'd know is when you have to prepare, essentially, food smoothies yeah, yeah, yeah. for uh, people who can't... Vitamize it for people who can't swallow... Descendants uh, of the Habsburg without family. Without aspirating. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it happens to everybody. I wouldn't be too flip about it, because one day you'll be I will. <laughs> screening Very true. vitamized food into your gob. Uh, hopefully it won't be somebody's leftovers. Mm. Um, well, yeah, leftovers, that's fucking disgraceful. According to the 2016 data, the average expense is $6.08 per person in mm. aged care. Now, in the prison system, we spend an also scandalous $8.25 mm. uh, per person per day on food. Mm. Elderly people still at large in the community spend an average of $17.25 per day uh, on food. Yeah. And this is because, of course, there's a profit motive in yeah, yeah, both yeah, yeah. for caterers and the aged care centres in making these meals as cheap as possible. Yeah, 100%. Uh, elderly people require more nutrition than middle-aged and young people because mm-hmm. their bodies aren't processing it as efficiently yep. and because their needs are higher as their bodies begin to fail. Mm. So what's happening is essentially... The for-profit sector is deliberately killing old people yeah. uh, slowly and painfully in order to generate cash for itself. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, I think I have uh, a little bit of insight into this because the the structural uh, concerns around, like, disability care are quite similar yeah. to, to that of aged care. And, like, I work with a few people who are elderly, <clears throat> but... Um, living in assisted living facilities, uh, homes. Uh, it seems firstly, essentially to be a problem with, uh, ratios. Like that's, they talk about that a lot, but it's a huge problem. Staffing ratios Yeah. in the places that I work. It's typically kind of like two staff to five residents, uh, 
on average, some places have more than that. There are some places where you'll be by yourself for a little bit, but for sort of the heavy work periods, it's about two to five. And, um, because that's the level of like attention that, uh, this stuff requires. And like the, the elderly person, I mean, there's a few elderly people, but there's one elderly man that I work with, uh, who has so much effort put into nutrition concerns because like, yeah, he's, he's old and he's not processing stuff, uh, in the way that he should be. So it requires like, firstly, there's a lot of medication involved. And then secondly, like a lot of attention put onto diets. And at this one place, a lot of attention put onto diets, although everywhere that I work has that focus. And it's fucking, yeah, if he were just one, like one of those places where there's like a 30 to one or a 50 to one ratio, he would just be getting the same shit as other people and he would be wasting. And he would probably be one of those people dying of yeah. malnutrition. It's it's grotesque. And you can see the NDIS is like too big to, uh, uh, for me really to get my head around fully because there's so many different... Uh, needs for for disabled people uh in the community and stuff and so like i understand that the ndis can be good for some people who live by themselves with a minimum of assistance that some people have better access to equipment and stuff although some of the people that i work with have had real problems with it but a big part of the problem i think is that it's a trojan horse for this sort of privatization essentially mm. and so they're decentralizing everything and making stuff one-on-one more and less sort of house-based or like uh centralized within a house with a coordinator and that's all wrapped up in a very noble thing of like we need sort of more individual attention so that we can get people involved in the community and stuff but it's going to lead to this sort of shit because you need strong centralized hyper-focused willing to spend the money uh attention made uh, paid to shit like diet and medication and exercise and stuff like that yeah so that's like a big digression taking away from the from the well, crux of the story but like i can just say that like i'm not fucking surprised at all and it's a disgrace there's a there's a crucial bit in there which is that you work for a not-for-profit organization that engages in care work uh, they are technically a not-for-profit organization yeah but it's definitely like the <laughs> the management i don't know i don't have huge insight into it but uh it doesn't seem to me to be like the, the, I don't think that they're particularly protected against some of these things. It definitely helps that it's not for profit yeah. and not just nakedly I'm a, thinking a that private profit focused. Because one of thing. the one of the things that's bedeviling aged care mm. is that management are required to extract as much profit as they can from these enterprises. Yeah. In my industry, it works like the same thing, but in another way, there's a pressure to keep budget down. Yeah, of course, you guys so, have to be as efficient yeah. as, so we, unquote, as possible. We, we had a manager come into one of this one house that was like uh, extremely like well looked after. Like a lot of money was spent there. They had really good outcomes. They had high quality uh, food, not like fucking luxury stuff, but like decent quality food and and a lot of kind of good resources for the residents. And this new manager came in and she was brought on because of her uh, history with managing budgets. And she managed to bring the whole thing under budget by like switching to home brand and cutting out like honey. So one of the residents couldn't have honey anymore, even though that was one of her favorite things to have. 
And then at the end of the financial year, she was like, I can't believe they've done this. They've just cut the budget to the house. And it's like, yeah, that's the fucking point. You spend the budget. So you keep the budget. You can't be this much of a numbers fiend and this much of an idiot. You (laughs) fucked it up. And that, that site is still suffering the effects of just that one fuck up, like morale and, uh, stuff has gone down. And as a result, like staff retention has gone down and outcomes have worsened and stuff like that. It's all related. And, and this is about providing accommodation. I think this is something that isn't appreciated enough by the community at large. Mm. This is about providing accommodation for people for whom work is no longer a feasible option, yeah. who cannot support themselves financially, independently, mm. who need this to live. It's their fucking home. Yeah. It has to be a home and they need, like... It's not supposed to be to a punitive... Health experience yeah yeah yeah. it's not a fucking it's prison. not <laughs> like you know the fact that um you can even countenance the idea mm. that people whose only crime is their physical expiration yeah should be given less care and attention than people who are in and i've got a thousand issues with the punitive system shouldn't even be a punitive system we're not going to go down that route yeah 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 but the idea in principle that you would uh provide a lower quality of food to elderly people in aged care yeah. or indeed uh, disabled people in assisted mm. living than you do to people who are in jail is insane. I yeah, can't yeah, wrap yeah. my head around it's, it. Like, but I mean like... But it's the logical outcome of a capitalist uh, care system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's as Australian as fucking four and 20, man. Like our, our attitude towards punishing people who aren't self-sufficient, it like rivals the Americans. We fucking hate the poor. We hate people who can't... Uh, quote unquote True. contribute to the economy by making fucking stubby holders or some other useless oh the economy filth. the last god yeah to yeah. escape the cull yeah it's fucking old testament as well it punishes you if you <laughs> yeah. stop believing in that fucking god uh 100 percent. if you fight back so yeah 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 I'm, i wish i could say that i'm surprised by it but it's like it's filthy terrible and that's like yeah it's it, you're right in that like the reason that it's so much worse than my sector, which is also getting a royal commission and will also turn up some really dark shit, because there's like a long history of abuse in that sector. Uh, but the reason it's so bad, even without there's a lot of like direct abuse, like uh, verbal and physical abuse in the aged care sector, obviously. But even when that's absent, there's still this abuse via efficiency that is disgusting and entirely profit driven. Well- when it's left to the private sector, there will always be a race to the bottom. Yeah. Apart from a couple of high-end venues for the wealthy. Yeah. Well, I the, did. I painted the retirement community down the road when I was working as a painter, and it was like... Pretty, it would be, I would imagine, substantially shit. better yeah. than the ones they in were, Maui. They yeah. were charging like $35 for their dinner if you wanted to have dinner in the hall, and it looked garbage like they were being ripped off but you know they're the wealthy they're Uh, fine yeah that's that's the top end Mm. you can only have like capitalism doesn't work for care services as far Mm. as i'm concerned it doesn't 100 work but the only instances in which you can stop it being an absolute race to the bottom Mm. is if like say the education sector right Mm. private schools are an abomination (laughs) yeah but the reason that they are as good as they are is because they're competing with a viable state alternative. Yeah, you yep. can go to a state school and receive the basics in an education mm. fundamentally that's not hugely different from an education you receive at a private school. Mm. 
it's that level of competition, if you like, if we're going to use the word, that's necessary in all care sectors. Yeah. If you're going to make the private sector remotely workable, there yeah. has to be, and same with housing, as we have with medicine, should yeah. be the same with aged care. Everybody should have a public option. Yeah, and it, it should be the same with fucking public transport as well. It should be the same with public transport. Which is maybe less uh, well, fraught. I mean, like- there's just... I mean, obviously, I don't believe there's any need to get the private sector involved in no. any of these no, no, no. Uh, facets of our society. But if you're going to have them, you can only have them with a, a robust state yeah. option available. Yeah. But we fuck that every time. Telecommunications, public transport, healthcare. Of course like- we do, because we are ruled by two capitalist political parties. Yeah, yeah. You know, th- there was never a problem with public sector efficiency. The problem mm. was with its implications on private sector profitability. That yeah. was the only problem. And this is the crime that results yeah. from that kind of decision-making. Yeah. Fucking... What was the figure? How many? 30... We've got 30, th- uh, just over 300,000 actually malnourished residents yeah. Yeah. and over a million... At risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at risk, by the way, means you are going hungry. Yeah. At risk doesn't mean like, oh, everything's fine, but it could easily go wrong. At risk means it's already going wrong. Yeah, You're just not medically malnourished yet. Yeah, 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 on the road. Man, it's hard being a a millennial socialist because you've got to care for these boomer fucks. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, nobody deserves to be fucking in that situation. Cheerful. Should we move on? (laughs) Because... We've spent a long time talking about that. Yeah, we should but move it's on. it's good. It's a topic with a lot of meat and a, a genuine kind of like a feeling of drop gut fucking depression. Yeah. And uh, they'll try and fix it with the fucking market mechanism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll fuck it up and it, it'll take another t- 15 years for another uh, royal commission. And by that stage, we'll all be fucking mulching the elderly for garden fertilizer or some shit anyway it'll only get worse we'll be broadcasting from the fucking swansea center for the bewildered by that point (laughs) Uh, which will be a box under a shed (laughs) i have something similarly cheerful to talk about which is uh let's talk about indigenous sacred sites so there's a lot of uh Oh, you mean not respecting ancient things? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, there's a theme emerging. There's such a theme. Um, yeah, a little, a few more thousands, tens of thousands of years on some of these sites, maybe. But um, yeah, so there's a lot of uh, talk at the moment about Uluru, which is finally being closed off to climbers, which is unambiguously good. But of course, the underside of that is the absolute filthy wave of uh, morally bankrupt pilgrims going to climb Disgraceful display of bastardization. Yeah. Bastardry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, One of the the constant... I'm really happy that activists don't let this uh, go out of the consciousness is like one of the things that's just a particularly naff detail is that people always go up there and take a shit like... Because that's the nature of going on a long hike, I guess. So you have a lot of people literally shitting on the center of indigenous uh, culture. It's 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 grotesque. So there's that. But I also want to talk about uh, something that's getting a, a bit less press, which is the birthing uh, trees of the Jabwarung people in Ararat, which... Uh, and it's not just the birthing trees. It's also like there's... Uh, let's say here, direction trees, canoe trees, 
songlines and sacred ground. So the major road projects, Victoria organization want to build a highway and they've determined that the most efficient route, uh, for this Western highway is directly through the middle of one of the most sacred Victorian indigenous sites. And despite the fact that they've been furnished with an alternative proposal that would redirect the highway around the, uh, the site and drop, uh, the speed limit a bit, they've insisted on pushing for this particular site to be bulldozed to make way for the highway. Now, most of this shit happened, uh, kind of like late last year and early this year. There were fucking disgusting. There were court actions and stuff, uh, in an effort to get the trees heritage listed and to protect them. All of that failed. The state, uh, environment minister, I want to say, uh, she, did nothing to protect it. And basically like yesterday, uh, people at the site have said that like, they think it's, it's happening soon. Like there, there are vehicles coming to the area and they reckon that the bulldozers are going to show up any second. Setting in. Yeah. 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 Fuck. And they know because like they have had bulldozers at the site fairly recently that only just by the skin of the teeth were, were pulled back. So, I don't know. I don't know how much uh, play there is in the discussion because essentially it's just something disgusting again, which is happening to our fucking indigenous people. Well, it's um, there's there, there's a bit because we've got in a premier at the moment mm. Daniel Andrews, one of the most sanctimonious, mm. po-faced, wretched shits I can remember. Mm. in a while i mean you know napthine and bailu were shithouse brumby was an arrogant fool brax Mm. was very slick but uh none of them relished the uh Mm. experience of appearing to be morally correct whilst doing absolutely nothing remotely moral like daniel andrews he loves the aesthetics of the socialist orator yeah and he's also making sure that we're in a few years, going to have the highest uh, prison population. Pained look on his face when he's talking about the domestic violence that he's as yet done little to resolve. Yeah, yeah. A man man of contrast. But yeah, it is... So it's especially gross because this Mm. is a blatantly immoral, hideous thing to do that flies in the face of everything he publicly espouses. Yeah. And it's it's Victoria, like it's a state issue, so it's not. It's a hundred percent a state it. issue. It's fucking Dan Andrews' administration in this state. It's also it's very bad it for Ararat, as that's a side issue, but this will kill Ararat as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were talking about this yeah. making stop building bypasses. unnecessary bypasses. Yeah. Over. Uh, Wonder why the economy is really depressed in the countryside. Well, it's because yeah. the government has decided to bypass it. That's yeah, why. yeah, yeah. Because you can just fucking and 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 skip and, it. and why not when you're in the process of killing a town, mm. bypass it through an ancient sacred site. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking. It's like nineties Fern Gully Captain Planet level. Oh evil. my god, it is, isn't it? Yeah. The it's... only person who will benefit from it is Lindsay fucking Fox as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fucking feral, Like, he man. needs a break. Mm. And this, this like, the the synchronicity of this coming at a time when a, the national conversation around religious freedoms has inexplicably uh, sparked up again, and uh, you've got fucking Lyle Shelton and all of those <sighs> shitty cunts talking about <laughs> Lyle <laughs> Shelton so much. He's, he's very much in that, just like, <laughs> yeah, 
absolute anger producer and really not good for anything else. Uh, Even the name, man. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the name of a prick. It's yeah, yeah. It is fun to tell him to eat shit on Twitter every time he speaks, though, and seeing a chorus of people saying eat shit, Lyle. That's always good. Uh, but that shit and our old mate Philip Ruddock on our... Uh, Looking very handsome on our matchbook there. Yeah, yeah, you pointed out. (laughs) And (laughs) you were like, I think he looks quite handsome there. Distressingly pointed out. It's because he looks like you, Darcy. And (laughs) to be honest, if I didn't have a moral compass, I would have made a fucking great Tory, I think. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Much better Tory than I am a socialist. You've got the entire fucking suite, man. Especially given my my, uh, beautifully culturally sensitive blunder from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could have just dug in on that and Ah. built a career. If only I didn't care about people. <laughs> I'd, <been doing laughs> yeah. I'd be doing so well by now. Yeah, yeah. I'd be yeah. I'd be knocking down more than just birthing trees. Mm, mm. You could probably do pretty well in the Labour Party as well as a as a as a red Tory, yeah. a Tory in denim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can wear denim. I don't look plausible in denim. Everyone can <laughs> tell that I'm lying about who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, that's one heart. There's the Labour people. Like Albanese, who guest program Rage, and people are like, oh, he actually has quite good taste in music. Let's ignore all of his faults for the next 10 years. Tell you what, though, he does actually have quite good taste yeah, in music. Yeah, he does. He does. And the then last there's- nice thing I'll be saying about him for a while. Whereas, like, you would go and guest program Rage, and it would be like, oh, 14 half man, half biscuit songs in a row, or some <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> or is half man, half biscuit too cool for you? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, My uh, idea of Australian too- rock music is mental as anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> is it? Do, do we know? Mm. Is this a large site? I can't imagine this is an enormous forest of birthing trees. This I is going to be a, a huge, small cluster. Yeah, I don't know for sure, but I don't think it's like sacred expensive. sites tend to be not by by definition. They tend yeah. to be quite small. Yeah, we're talking about um, the amount of money that's going to be lost and overspent anyway mm. to redirect the route, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it's that's what it comes down to. It's fucking... It, yeah, I don't know. It's do grotesque. We, do we know if there are any actions or campaigns that can be yeah, lent yeah, into yeah. at the yep, moment yep. to try so and the, save these trees? If you Google the Jabwarung Embassy, <clears throat> uh, there's a, there are people putting out... Um, a lot of information on how you can help. The most material way that you can help is to drive out to Ararat uh, and stand with the protesters there. Obviously not practical for everybody, but uh, you can definitely look up uh, them and follow them, and they are daily posting actions that you can take or places that you can kind of contribute to and people you can write and stuff like that. So if you want to contribute, it's distressingly seeming like it's at that too late point, but that's where you've got to fucking dig in, I guess. Imagine imagine the Christian response if uh, a church was getting compulsorily yeah, yeah. acquired and knocked over. The insane, insanely misplaced grief when fucking Notre Dame's roof burnt. Uh, oh, yeah, right. I mean, look, you know, I was a bit upset because I'm yeah, yeah, it's a, a sentimental old Tory, but <laughs> the fundamentals of Notre yeah. Dame are still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't... Most yeah. major European cathedrals have regretted doing all wooden interiors <laughs> at some point yeah, in history. Yeah, um, yeah. I say this place only because everybody fucking threw up their arms about it, but they don't People care got, about yeah. this shit. Oh, that's true. Mm. Also hadn't cared about Notre Dame until they saw it burning yeah. down either. Yeah. It was kind of interesting as from a spectacle 
point of view, kind of vaguely apocalyptic. That was good. But this is also like uh, this, this sacred site issue is why Ken Wyatt, who I think is a well-meaning but extremely uh, maybe dumb, I don't know, or just misplaced faith guy, he is talking about... Uh, constitutional recognition and like the voice to parliament that was recommended from the in the Uluru statement from the heart yeah a little while ago yeah I um, caught his um I caught a bit of his opinion the other day but mm. it was on the radio and I was halfway through it when I yeah, tuned yeah, in. yeah well basically he's he wants to uh pursue that and members of his own party have vowed to campaign against it but like that's important at at the very fucking minimum a voice to parliament from uh our indigenous people they're like, oh, that would make a third chamber of parliament. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't, but to which would, I say, would like, be, that would be good. Let's would be have good. a fucking there should third be an indig- chamber. I would love an indigenous chamber of parliament, but it won't be. It'll Put be it a quango. Above- yeah, yeah. There are a truckload of quangos that are, uh, advise parliaments on a huge number of issues. Yeah. Um, this one would just be controlled by the indigenous yeah. communities. Nobody's fucking talking about the IPA as a third chamber of parliament, but they do more pernicious fucking rot work <laughs> They're the than first chamber of parliament. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I reckon we should have a fucking, like, above the Senate chamber of parliament for indigenous people, and they can veto any fucking legislation that comes through if they think it's going to be harmful. That would be good. Just give it to them. That's their fucking country. Like, this is the never-seated sovereignty bit. Like, Yeah. There should... I mean, it would make the Senate uh, much more interesting mm. if, even if um, you were to just say X number of seats, and it would have to be a, like a, 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 at least a kind of a twenty percent wedge or something. Mm. These are Indigenous seats, and, yeah. and we have separate Indigenous or like an Indigenous Senate constituency overlay. Yeah, uh, anything like That'd that. Be it's cool. just it's fucking uh, it's really fucking irritating that it's so simple not to be a cunt aboriginal people like it's really simple to just be like uh, the minimum amount of compassionate but we have some yeah it's very easy for people who've been raised or who have come around to the view that other human beings are that yeah 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 (laughs) it's very difficult it seems weirdly hard there was an article in the guardian Mm -hmm. um (laughs) which is like frustratingly still the best mainstream (laughs) newspaper in australia (laughs) yeah um which I can't remember who the writer was. It was, but it was one of the classic like hand wringing Guardian mm. idiot opinion pieces, which was essentially, oh, I can't believe my children are able to navigate moral issues so effectively. <laughs> yeah, it's just really scary. Yeah, this is the problem. It- I asked my daughter, "Isn't it difficult for sensitive young men these days going dating?" And she mm. said, "No." It's just a matter of not being an asshole. Yeah. And, oh, I was at dinner with Andrew Marr and he couldn't believe it. He said, oh, our children think we're really evil. They. It's really, it seems to be really difficult yeah, for yeah, everyone yeah. who's like over the age of 40 to yeah. wrap their heads around. In the, in the, like, in the like classical tragedy model of uh, the boomer trajectory, like that, their point of hubris was telling us all of these moral fables, which they were telling just to make themselves feel less guilty. Yeah. But which we all took super seriously and internalized (laughs) as part of our moral compass. So it's like, be kind to each other. That shit, we all took it seriously. And now that we're in the majority, in our majority, like, you know, adults, I mean, uh, yeah, it's baffling to them that we took all of that at face value and genuinely 
it, not all of us, obviously, and everybody has their failings, but generally speaking, the, the younger generations seem to be actually interested in human compassion. Well, it's fucking- and I, I think older generations, although they, they did make a break from the kind of racist capitalist um, empire societies that they mm. were brought up in, yeah. Um, because those societies were so morally bankrupt, so revolting, mm. so clearly predicated on false notions of racial superiority and enterprise and all these imperial 19th century bullshit notions. Yeah. Um, that they feel they are far more morally uh, righteous than in fact yeah, they yeah, are yeah. simply because they rejected these devastatingly obvious evils yeah it's an exact mirror of the other uh boomer fascination which is getting a an asian male or a bride so that the parallax effect of their small hands makes your dick look big it's like (laughs) your dick isn't big and you're not moral it's only by (laughs) virtue of a comparative optical illusion that you seem to believe that anyway (laughs) that's that's uh us too posh white dudes talking about the issues facing indigenous people but it's serious and like we have it's to get extremely serious um i don't know if there's room on the coffin for many more nails as as far yeah. as is it, if there's going to be any meaningful reconciliation between indigenous and non-indigenous australians mm. it surely like, yeah. has to start i mean how much of their culture can be destroyed <laughs> yeah like literally how much is left for us yeah, yeah, to get yeah. rid of, to it tear almost, up. Like, it feels a bit paranoid. For something as banal as an unnecessary bypass. Yeah, 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 yeah. It almost feels like a paranoid thought, but, like, it almost feels as though in the last, like, 10 to 20 years, maybe, like, so much work has gone into into formalizing research around this. And, um, like, Bruce Pascoe's Dark Emu came out and, like, like the, the broad mainstream uh, understanding of what indigenous culture actually is and not the shit that we get fed in uh, school as kids. That's like come to the light and people are getting a bit more aware of just how badly we fucked the people whose countries this uh, continent is. It almost feels like there's been a fucking pushback against that. Like, uh, to the point where there are people who would gladly fucking pave over these religious sites. Like, it seems I mean, yeah, that I know there are reflection well, of there the are shit that was happening in colonial... Uh, people in this country who hate Aborigines. Yeah. Aboriginal people. Uh, fucking... It's, it's yeah, a yeah, habit yeah. of years. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're all right. <laughs> You're cancelled. It's a speech impediment uh, called racism, which I unfortunately <laughs> was, you know, uh, raised in Australia. Yeah. Doing my best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, all you can ask. We're all a bit racist, right? There are definitely people who hate who hate Aboriginal people. There are definitely people who hate the fact that um, their perfect notion of Australia is tarnished by the fact that it was founded on genocide and yeah. theft. And yeah. um, there are definitely, I, I, but I, but I think there's a deeper problem, which mm. is from the census that re- gave Indigenous people. Um, a place on the census and mm. uh, voting rights and so forth broke them free from the Flora and Fauna Act. Yeah, through Gough Whitlam's presentation of the soil back to the elders, through all, every single step forward in reconciliation and recognition and attempted mm. um, 
betterment and improvement, the fact is that whenever it's been remotely convenient, we have always yeah. just ignored yeah, yeah, yeah. Indigenous rights, Indigenous culture, and Indigenous claims. The, the symbolic gestures are easy as fuck, but yeah. that's Constantly. I, I, I couldn't name 10 instances from the citizenship referendum till now mm. where we have overridden corporate or... Um, basically white interests in favour of Indigenous prior claims and titles. Yeah. I look at the Adani coal I think, mine. I think 10 is fucking generous. I don't know. I couldn't name... I, could, I, could, I couldn't no, name no, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Adani is another fucking Native title example. turns yeah. out to be an extremely frail yeah. uh, system. And one that was only, only very, very grumpily and reluctantly... Uh, enforced by the legislature after some judges decided it existed. That the native title shit is like in a fucking eighties film when a cop deputizes a kid as part of the thing. But the second that kid tries to fucking crack a rape case that the cops are ignoring, his badge is getting taken away. Like it's only ever there until it's like, Oh, whoops, actually, no, we need that land. Yeah. So that a fucking foreign investor can dig out more of your, your natural resources and put none of it back into the fucking community and pave the way for the entire region to be uh, completely and totally torn up as well because yeah. there are still eight other mining claims or something yeah yeah yep waiting yep. for adani to take the risk and potentially despoil the vast fucking water table that makes up like Legitimately, like a third of our country. If you see that, oh, I know. if you see that fucking map, that when shows you consider that, like the heavily inhabited regions of our country as well, yeah, yeah. mortifying. It's but grotesque. It's please, uh, Victoria. Mm. Indigenous culture is a finite resource. We mm. cannot perpetually be chipping away at it and tearing yeah. it up. It's also one of the only genuinely it culturally is. interesting <laughs> things about this fucking place. So I don't understand why you would be. Well, I mean, now that John Clark's dead and Barry Humphreys has blotted his copybook over the trans stuff, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, ugh, fuck. Let's bang through the next couple of stories now that we've worked our way up to a frothing misery. Speaking of... Speaking of uh, food issues and rights abuses, George mm. Columbaris is my second story. Yeah. George Columbaris, who lives in a Turak mansion, by the way, but mm. can't afford to open his shop on Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> of his shops, rather. So, there's been some alarm and some anger about the fact that he had to pay back close to $8 million to his employees. Yeah. People have tried to defend young George by saying that he self-reported the initial um, yeah. deficit. He did. Uh, That's like I, saying Kevin Spacey's character in Seven is good <laughs> because he turned himself into the cops. Yeah, like. I would uh, self-report under those circumstances as well because mm. it's far preferable to getting caught. But yeah. basically, you can. Um, there's an important bit, uh, which is. Uh, Expressing remorse and demonstrating mm. that you were under the uh, genuine belief that you were doing the right thing mm. is basically a gav jail card for this kind of corporate crime. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, yeah. that is why he did what he did. Sure. <laughs> it wasn't because... Because if he'd actually um, 
wanted to, he could have just paid everyone what they were supposed to be fucking getting. Yeah, there was yeah, no yeah. need to come forward and go, "Oh no, woe is me!" Other mm. than getting off the hook. Yeah, whoops, me, the public campaigner for cutting penalty <laughs> rates. Right. Turns out I was never fucking paying them to begin with. But I will give them free meditation sessions. Oh, did you see that fucking magazine cover? Yeah, where with the fucking words around his head like a halo. And he's dressed in white and he's like, I was like something out of the once. life of Brian or something. Yeah. It was very fucking. life of Brian, actually, because he was a false messiah yeah. because he's a very naughty boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the fucking editor for Good Weekend was like, yeah, sorry about that. Look, we went to print on like last Thursday and mm. we only found out about this on Friday and it was, ah, what can I do? What can I do? Yeah. What could like, you possibly he do? found out that he owed his staff nearly two million dollars like fucking 18 months ago yeah yeah this is yeah. not just because it's a bigger claim it's a sort of like yeah, yeah it's orders of magnitude worse but it's morally yeah. not yeah, morally yeah, yeah. exactly the same issue people have known that about Columbaris being a piece of shit for a long time yeah just not the yeah specifics Neat. of the magnitude awful uh, but there's been some confusion amongst some friends and relations mm. as to why if uh, his staff were to steal an equivalent uh, amount of money from him, they would spend mm. 10 years in prison. Yeah. And he is not. Yeah. I'm here to, this is just a brief illumination, as far as I can determine, on the law of the land and why George is apparently not in any actual trouble for this. Mm. He did have to pay a $200,000 fine, which, which was, was referred to as a contrition payment, which yeah. is interesting because it was a court-ordered contrition payment. Yeah. Uh, $200,000 is an amount of money you would have to stack up 39 times for it to be equivalent yeah. to the amount he stole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It uh, would uh, represent- remind me, which is bigger, 200000 <laughs> or- Re- 7.6 million or whatever 7.8 million. 7.8 million. It represents roughly uh, 2.5% of the stolen wages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. That's a great <laughs> fucking ratio right Isn't there. Isn't it? So hard being on the top. It's just, yeah, fuck. Now- it's like calling... It's yeah. It's less than tax. It's like calling tax a contrition payment. It's not going to stop people from fucking making money. This isn't going to two percent. It's not going to stop people. You may from as well make the gamble money. if you're looking at a two percent loss. You may as well just fucking roll the dice yeah. because the potential gain is crazy yeah. in that situation. And it can't take that long to rack up two hundred thousand dollars from fucking. Not when wage you've got theft. a mid-sized business. Yeah. God no. <laughs> fucking hell. All right. Even a small business, to be honest. Yeah. So. The Crimes Act 1958, this is why George isn't a thief, mm. requires the thief to appropriate property that is already under someone's control. Yeah. Right. It has to be the fact that somebody believes that they are in possession of this property, that they are deemed by others to be in control of it, yeah. and then you remove it from them. Yeah. So if you never gave it to them in the first place, you're not a thief. Cool. So if I go to Jimmy Grant's and I order a <sighs> fucking souvlaki- Yep. And then I make as though I'm going to hand over the cash, but just put it in my pocket and say, oh, it was never in your control. It does, this no, because the Suvlaki was in their front. control and, and they then you'd be deemed to have stolen the Suvlaki. But how is the Suvlaki not labor? Well, because, Kieran, labor mm. is not considered property. Ah, yes, of course. Good. <laughs> Humans uh, At least, can be, but- <laughs> I, I couldn't find any indication in the Crimes Act 1958. That mm. It does 
allow for intangible assets. Yeah. But by that, I think they're talking about things like debts and yeah, confidential yeah, yeah. information. There yeah. wasn't any indication that I could find in my admittedly limited time to research that labor is considered an intangible asset. Yeah. So you can't steal someone's labor in that sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How convenient. $15,000 per worker, by the yeah. way. I saw some dipshit on Twitter be like, what's the big deal? It's $10 per worker per day. And it's good that, like, even his extremely disingenuous- Completely wrong uh, analysis of the situation. That still seems like quite a large (laughs) figure. It's a fucking huge amount of money. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Every day. It's not like we've known about fucking marginal economics since the 18th century or anything. Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Marginal issues being amongst the most important. That is recognised by even people like Milton fucking Friedman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. All right. Cool. So, but basically, that's that's why it's different. Yeah. If you steal $8 million from George Columbaris, mm. basically, you get around it by just not giving people it in the first place. Yeah. Therefore, you can't steal it from them. That yeah. is the legal position that's of- f- According yeah. to the Crimes Act 1958. It's fucking wild. It's just sphinx shit. It's like, ah, technically, <laughs> no theft took place. Yeah, I mean- It's fucking- If it were embezzlement, it would be punished more harshly because that's a crime against the fucking fiduciary stakeholders of the company and not against the workers who actually earn the money for the well, company. Well, the workers are just people who are lucky to have jobs, Kieran. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. That have been created for them by wealth creator George Columbaris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who lives in a Turak mansion. I just want to... Yes. Can't afford to... It's not profitable to work on Sundays. That's why... Yeah, that fucking argument does just... Mansions in Turak by not doing profitable things. Yeah. (laughs) It just does not fucking stack up the idea that, like, oh, I'll have to close on Sunday because it's like... No, it's a fucking busy day. You earn... It's a very busy day. Because it's, it's easily it's you everyone pay in hospitality. If it's everyone else's day off, it's a fucking good day to be yeah. open. <laughs> One fucking cack-handed fucking eggs hollandaise or whatever will pay for the penalty rate of the two staff that you have on in a fucking location for that hour. Like it's it doesn't. In- or if it truly isn't profitable, then try this. Don't have your fucking business open. The entitlement of business owners is. Like, this is where I get reactionary. At some point in the future, it, things will change and then business owners will be the, the new oppressed or something and I'll be the, the ivory tower, fucking sanctimonious, moralistic piece of shit being like, the entitlement of these people is like, genuinely. Mads will try to sell some of her pottery online and you'll just lock her in the basement. Yeah, yeah, Scum! Yeah. Scum! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just another reflection of that fucking every conservative political position being gross projection. <laughs> it's just they know that they're fucking self-entitled pieces of shit. Do, ah. do you know what was actually one of the things I really loved about Spain? Mm. Most businesses don't open on Sunday. Yeah, like, which is fine. Like. There's like literally in, in the high street, as it were, mm. every kind of community, there's a restaurant that is the Sunday restaurant and everyone yeah. else just doesn't bother. And it's fine. Yeah. yeah. People just have their Sundays. It's you, good. You get to... When you adapt to the rhythm, like, it can be a shock coming from a country like Australia where you're expected to either be working or stressing about the fact that you're not working. But yeah. when you get into the rhythm of those things, it's extremely nice to just be like, oh, no, this is a day where you're allowed to just be a human. Yeah. And do what you want to do and stuff. And the trade-off of not being able to get fucking 
any food. Well, because a lot of the cultural centers are, of course, either charities or state-owned, yeah. you can spend your day wandering around some of the most beautiful and ancient collections of art yeah. uh, in the world. Yeah. You can walk right up to a Hieronymus Bosch <laughs> yeah. triptych. Yeah. And there's one guy there who kind of makes sure you don't poke it, but doesn't really care. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Still, they don't know how to fucking cue. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Colin Barris, <laughs> Colin Banus, piece of shit. But yeah. Got around the, the theft thing by mm. just withholding payment. <laughs> Clever. Yeah. So in, until labor is considered to be an intangible asset that is subject to theft, mm. uh, this won't be addressed. That's oh, the yeah. broad point at the bottom of the story. Yeah, yeah. We absolutely need to criminalize wage theft because it's disgusting. It's- and But th- this will be something for an activist judge to do. Parliament won't ever... Yeah. Past this, this has to be a, a, a county court judge has to find the precedent that labor is an yeah. intangible asset. Yeah, yeah. So, just uh, if any of my future colleagues are listening, <laughs> yeah, you've got something ah. the potential to be a hero. Well, when I get connected with the old community, who knows what wonders I might work? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, none of them will hear this when I'm being confirmed. Mm. Over to you, my friend. Yeah, let's finish with uh, a quasi Musk watch. Ooh, because uh, there's a story about Musk, but I really want to transition to talking about Grimes. Uh, Tell me, darling. But the latest in the Musk thing is <laughs> his Neuralink idea, which he's been talking about for a long time—the kind of cyberpunk uh, thing where you can connect a computer to your brain. Anyway, he's he's been pushing it recently and saying that uh, the time is now. And he's like a big anti-AI dude. Like, he sincerely believes in the rise of the Terminator. So Yeah, he's he one of to... these um, people who freaks out about living in a computer simulation, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, we disagree on simulation theory, though. I'm all for it. And you're against it. I, I think it's unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's unnecessary. <laughs> but it's, uh, uh, yeah, because you'd need more power than the universe has to create a simulation of the universe yeah which is trivial because the universe could be a closed system like could be like a closed system but pr- it's just, I'm just wondering generated. who would i mean i guess there could be universes that are You've massively massive the... compared to our universe that you yeah. can project a universe it just seems i think the the, the like nobody the ultimate waste the power doing this I think the ultimate revelation, but that's like, yeah. Unless Douglas Adams, the only argument like for this. it is that we are in fact in the deep thought computer simulation. Yeah. I mean, anything out the meaning of life. Any of this shit is fucking plausible to me. Uh, you don't think that we would do it if we had the fucking means and then they would be in a tiny universe and they'd be like, this is all of the power in the universe, but it's actually only like enough power to run a small country by our thing. Yeah, I guess. Because the relativity of scale is no, like, I know. we can't conceive of the size of some of the Logically, planets. Logically, that is true. I mean, it's dumb, but that's the fucking story of humanity. Uh, but there's also no real reason. We're not talking about fucking simulation theory. We're talking about <laughs> Elon Musk. <laughs> pure logic and applied to <laughs> Who reality I guess doesn't I, always work that well. I guess I have to say that I'm on his side when it comes to simulation theory. But uh, Wash your hands. less of an alarmist <laughs> of it, about it. Uh <laughs> He, so, 
he wants to wire computers to your brain, essentially. Will uh, this destroy gaming competitively? That's a really good question. Because I think it would. Yeah. That's a shame. It's just getting up. Esports <laughs> is the legitimate... A legitimate... I was watching... I watch a lot of fucking video game content on the internet because I'm... That'll be the drug testing of the esports world. Yeah, Are you yeah, linked yeah. Are you neurolinked? <laughs> Bypassing physical reaction times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was watching uh, this, this video about... Uh, this dude, uh, Alfredo Diaz, who was like a great competitive gamer or whatever. And then he joined up with one of the content creator kind of comedy channels or whatever. And he wanted to have a last run at being really good at Rainbow Six Siege hmm. before he got too old for it or whatever. So they made this little like multi-part, <laughs> little multi-part documentary of him, like getting ready to, to kind of get into this top rank or whatever. And in one of the episodes, he like went to a house where pro gamers uh, live and train like 24 hours a day. And it was fucking the most depressing thing I've ever seen. I'm sure they're very impressive uh, things, but when two classic, classically uh, social outcasty types answer the door in their team jerseys i gotta say my mind was filling with reactionary stereotypes <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> and it's like they're not too like fucking contemptible or anything but it was just a little bit just like holy fuck like every time i think why didn't i devote my entire life to video games i'd be so much happier maybe i would i i could be fucking reactionary and socially uh maladjusted in all of the ways that all the video game people seem to be and be happy with it or whatever and then i watch something like that and it's just like a fucking holy shit there but for the grace of god go i like thing of cold water not to make too much fun of them You'd i'm be sure they're perfectly if, lovely if, if, if you had ever become deeply immersed in mm. gamer culture i yeah. think you'd have become a monster yeah, probably. The, I'm not <laughs> that good at video games. That's honestly like the a, thing that saved me. One of those deranged 4chan game troll dudes. Yeah. As I would be a Tory. That's your, yeah, like, nega that's side. That's my <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, holy shit. We've discovered our dark universe. Goatee wearing. Uh-huh. Fucking things. I'm identical to now, but these little bits with my beard are actually yeah. connected. That's the only difference. The bits that can't grow in now are inexplicably in. Oh, holy shit. Uh, anyway, yeah, Elon Musk is asking for <laughs> volunteers, basically, which is funny because his whole thing has been like every time, who wants to volunteer to go to Mars? And then a bunch of morons are like, sure. Oh, was I he, was get he into the guy? It. He was the guy behind that colony thing, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, people were falling over themselves to be like strapped into one of Elon Musk's improbable <laughs> inventions and then shot into space never to return? Sure, sounds great. I want to terraform a planet where we know mm. nothing about the soil. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, and so now he's like, not a brain surgeon. <laughs> but he wants you to volunteer yourself to strap down, uh, to be strapped down and to have a bunch of fucking Silicon Valley tech pro- Entrepreneurs. This is a project that the fucking Russian space agency mm. considers unsafe and foolhardy, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah. Do you want to have a fucking <laughs> computer chip patched into your fucking cortex? <laughs> the worst part being that if you're the first person to do it within... T- and it's, like, successful, like... Yeah. Uh, everything goes according to plan and it's successful. You don't successful. just have a stroke, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the best case scenario is that then you're stuck with shitty first generation technology and you're oh, like, oh, of course. I can move a mouse pointer. You'd have all the early adoption yeah. bugs. Yeah. While some person's like flying past you because <laughs> in this hypothetical scenario, Elon <laughs> Musk is not deluded. Uh, and you're sitting there being like, I can move my cursor. Some of the goals are noble, like helping people with disability with interfaces and stuff like that. But uh, a lot of that research is already being yeah, done yeah, yeah. by the That's actual medical every, profession. Every Musk invention <laughs> is built on the- Elon Musk- Appropriation of other- If he's allowed to build an artificial world, he mm. will turn into Jeff Goldblum's character from Thor Ragnarok 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. It's just worth bearing in mind that the principal reason that Musk wants to do this is, again, to make humans competitive with evil AI. (laughs) That's the primary motivation. All you Uh, need to do is give the evil AI a riddle that doesn't make sense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Computers are not that right. This statement is false. (laughs) Error, error. Uh, and anyway, I want to quickly transition, speaking of experimental surgery, to Grimes's uh, response to Adidas asking her about her training regimen. This is something that uh, our side, by which I mean uh, uh, debilitatingly online millennial irony experts, <laughs> fucking absolutely swing and missed on, swung and missed on. Yeah, you so, briefed me about this. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, so, I'm writing into this quite fresh, listener. Yeah. So Adidas said, tell us about your training regimen. Grimes, my training is a 360 approach. I first maintain a healthy cellular routine where I maximize the function of my mitochondria with supplements such as NAD+, acetyl L-carnitine, uh, magnesium, etc. This helps promote ATP and it's incredibly visceral. From that point, I spent two to four hours in my deprivation tank. This allows me to astroglide to other dimensions, past, present, and future. In the afternoons, I do a one to two hour sword fighting session with my trainer, James Liu. We go over the fundamentals that work the obliques, core stabilizers, and triceps, as well as a few tricks. To wind down from this, I spend 30 to 45 minutes on an inclined hike at roughly four to four, four to four and a half miles per hour, <laughs> arguably the most efficient workout. So far, so like what you would expect from an insane kind of, uh, yeah, very wealthy. I mean, she used to hang <clears throat> with the Musk West Coast, like, right? uh, she's not so it's like ridiculous there, and, and it's got all of the gl- the Grimes touches, like astro gliding to other dimensions <laughs> and stuff. Uh, I love that. But then, <clears throat> this is the this is the genius of this of this response actually, because it's at this point really weird but plausible. Uh, I then spend forty five minutes stretching before heading into the studio where my mind and body are functioning at peak level with a neuroplastic goal between 57.5 and 71.5 APHCs, which is my preferred range for my blood type. I've outfitted my studio with the highest grade of red light. It is pretty much 1,000 square foot IR or SQF IR sauna. Hannah then comes over and we do a screaming session for 20 to 25 minutes while I slow boil the honey tea that maximizes vocal proficiency. (laughs) I have also eliminated all blue light from my vision through an experimental surgery that removes the top film of my eyeball and replaces it with an orange ultraflex polymer that my friend and I made in the lab this past winter as a means to cure seasonal depression. And then the punchline, I go to bed with a humidifier on. <laughs> it's fucking genius. This, the, and like to, to slow boil, firstly to have like, she's definitely weird and her fitness regimen is probably like, a little bit fucking bougie and West Coast, for sure. <laughs> Definitely she kn- wilder than my fitness regimen. Yeah. 
And she knows enough about these fucking terms and stuff to, to do it plausible. <laughs> but to, to go into such detail and then to hold the fictional eyeball surgery for the final paragraph. With a polymer that the, she and her friend invented. In the lab, yeah. That is amazing. It's fucking great. And so many people, uh, this is my team, but so many people took it at face value and they were like, wow, how weird is Grimes' fitness regimen? And she so fucking won. So weird as to be impossible. Yeah, yeah. Genius. Genius. Well done, I Grimes. lost a lot of respect for Grimes when she started going out with Elon Musk. This helped win me back a little bit. I now know two things, well, three things about Grimes. She mm. went out with Elon Musk. Mm. She's very funny. Mm. And you used to have respect for her, which you're slowly winning back. And I'm yeah, told yeah, yeah. she is a singer-songwriter. She is. Her first uh, album, I guess, was uh, really good. I'm sure it probably Genesis was. Genesis and... Uh, it's a good name for a first Oblivion, album. Oblivion, I think. That, I don't know. The song was called Genesis. Ah. Kind of trippy, atmospheric, synthy stuff. It was, it was good. Oh, good on her. I've only heard a little bit of her other music and it was very weird. I listened to her episode of Song Exploder, which is a great podcast where she talked about doing a uh, song with the spirit of Harley Quinn. Like, this, she's a fucking nutso, but, you know, <laughs> it's fine to have a nutso out there making weird nutso music. The artistic community is a good place for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather her be there than in actually in tech. Running doing, a gigantic yeah. multinational space company, for example. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think that the experimental eyeball surgery was a dig at Musk? Probably. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine her memories of him are all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. It would be depressing going out with Elon Musk, watching those layers peel back. It would be trying. Uh, you would have to be a phenomenally patient person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or just so preoccupied with weirdness that you can astroglide into other dimensions whenever he starts banging on about the coming out of the apocalypse. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Never go away, Elon. <laughs> you won't. Legitimate- Elon Musk is the best part about this show. Like Elon Musk we don't have to tell not jokes. We don't gonna have to go away ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. That's that story. Shall we break for tea? <laughs> Let's break for tea. We'll Come see, you soon, see you soon, darling See you soon. Ah, lovely cup of coffee. That was nice. very nice. Kieran's hospitality is superb. Yeah. You must all come around and have a cup. Please don't. Uh, he loves to meet people. Yeah, very true. <laughs> spend spend long enough, spend six months being put off by my weird social anxiety and eventually I'll warm up to you. Uh, I like people, I just can't handle myself around them. Um, topics. What are we talking about? Well... I promised the uh, promised the customers a bit of a review on who our uh, who our primary or most publicly obvious enemies are, mm. which is of course the coalition government. Mm. And I wanted to do a little bit of a retrospective on what the Tory actually is and mm-hmm. where the Tory actually comes from. Yep. And so, I've put together a little presentation. Mm. And, uh, as you can imagine, it is both amusing and depressing. <laughs> Good. Uh, the Tories arose in England in the 17th century. Mm. The first, um, what we would sort of, like, Parliament had been around in England for a while. Yep. But the first government that we would recognise as being a kind of modern Westminster-style government was set up by Walpole, mm-hmm. who was from the Whig Party. 
And the Tories were essentially the motley crew that ended up being in opposition. Yeah. Tory is an interesting word uh, because it actually isn't an English word. Mm. It is an Irish word. All right. Which means, I think rather appropriately, bandit. Hey, <laughs> nice. Um, and it's important to remember for historical context that the Walpole government followed not very long after the English Civil War mm. had resulted in Cromwell's puritanical Protestant government. Mm -hmm. Cromwell invaded Ireland in an infamous uh, episode in um, the history of the British Isles. Yeah. Slaughtered untold numbers of Irish people. Mm. And the well, militias... Cromwell apologists will say, actually, it, it was his deputy that was really the genocidal freak. And when Cromwell came, yeah. he was mildly displeased with the level of absolute barbarism that he was directly responsible for. Completely untrue. Cromwell uh, <clears throat> was... Uh, I've been through the Connemara mountain ranges in Ireland. is an exquisitely mm. beautiful piece of the world and uh, Cromwell described it thusly that there is not a single tree from which to hang a man and having hanged him there was no soil deep enough to bury him that yeah, was how Jesus. Cromwell observed one of the most beautiful sites in the British Isles <laughs> oh, good, good, good. <laughs> and he's Cr not wrong it's not productive land mm. it is just hauntingly beautiful yeah, yeah. Uh, and a source of fine Irish marble mm. which apparently is a thing yeah there you go so the, 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 the Irish militia mm. who formed to resist him were known as Tories. Yeah, right. Um, because they were not a formal army. They were... Um, Ireland had no army of its own. Mm. Uh, and so they had a kind of interesting anti-authoritarian take originally to the term. Mm. The first use of the word Tory in any kind of parliamentary context comes from a magnificent bastard named Titus Oates, also known as Titus the Liar, hey. who was an English uh, plagiarist and perjurer. <laughs> it's a bad appellation to have. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. We he have was... Bjorn the Strong, <laughs> Richard the Lionheart, Titus the Liar. <laughs> he was also a priest in the Church of England. Mm. Um, <laughs> and he used... <laughs> He used the term Tory as a slur mm. for people in Parliament who didn't believe his papish plot conspiracy theory yeah. that he was spinning out. It's so essentially accusing them of being our Catholic sympathisers, whether yeah. they were Catholic or not. The papish plot conspiracy was allegedly a plan by the Pope to murder Charles II. Mm. Uh, Titus Oates took this theory to Charles II, who was fucking magnificently unimpressed with it and sent him on his way. But mm. he kept going on and on and on and on. And eventually, after coming up with lists of... This is a slight digression, but it's an amusing one, listener, so bear with me. He came up with a list of over 500 people okay. who were part of the papish uh, plot, <clears throat> and they were all involved in Catholic religious organisations that were still in England. Mm. And when he went before a parliamentary uh, select committee to discuss this he was able to use his own memory of the letters that he had forged as evidence of the plot. <laughs> and 
there's so, so many <laughs> I, just a very brief interruption but there's so much of like the more things change the more they stay the same in this there's the QAnon shit with the papers plot yeah. and like the McCarthyist uh, vibe of the, making the list and then uh, the fucking the, the franking credits review dude who made his own evidence in the oh my god the, it is yeah, yeah the more things change the more they stay the same absolutely reactionaries are <laughs> Well, consistent. You have to give them that. My favourite bit about Titus Oates and the Papish plot is there's never been unearthed any, like, evidence or motive as to why he was doing this. It's just a thing it's he, he just got into. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And, it'll um, be the projection thing. He, no, he, be he like, knew if he I was, were powerful enough, I would assassinate the Pope. He completely therefore. knew he was making it up. Like, there's no... There's absolutely no room for doubt. He knew it was a lie. Yeah, yeah. It's just a thing he got into. And so the select committee gave him a squad of soldiers and he personally went around and began to round people up. Yeah. And it wasn't until 15 completely innocent people had been hanged, drawn and quartered that um, his lies caught up with him. Mm. And he ended up in front of Judge Jeffries, the actual hanging judge. Mm. Judge Jeffries probably should have recused himself from the trial because he had sentenced many of these 15 people to death on <laughs> Titus Oates's um, mm. f- lies and so may possibly have had something of an yeah. interest in the outcome. Yeah. Jeffries- it's strange that the famously temperate <laughs> and even-handed Judge Jeffries didn't do that, hey? <laughs> Isn't it just? Jeffries was drunk throughout the trial uh, <laughs> yeah. because yeah. he had um, inflamed kidneys and the awesome 17th century doctors had prescribed him brandy to treat them. <laughs> so, he was <laughs> he was on another level. And uh, Titus Oates was furious about, as, as these people tend to be, his honour being impugned by uh, the inquiry. Mm. So, from what I can tell- Judge Jeffries and Titus Oates pretty much spent the entire proceedings just verbally abusing one another <laughs> while the other judges on the panel tried to figure out what the fuck was going on. <laughs> and um, Jeffries ended up finding the man guilty. Mm. I was so absolutely furious that the death penalty didn't apply to perjury that he essentially sentenced Oates to death by mistreatment. Ah. Um, so um, he was to be whipped through the streets of London for five days mm. uh, out of every year. And out of every year? Yeah. Fuck. So you get through it, and then next year you're like, ah, fuck, we're yeah, yeah. it's coming up again. And uh, wanted him to be kept in a horrible, <clears throat> damp, dark, cold cell. Now, mm. arguably, if anyone did deserve to die, it was somebody who'd arranged for 15 innocent people to be brutally killed. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, another thing... Um, Anyway, as he left the uh, court case, Oates was forced to wear a hat uh, with his name inscribed on it and the caption, convicted upon full evidence of two horrid perjuries. <laughs> so that's a, a man uh, who <clears throat> even Judge Jeffries found to be We don't have those punishments anymore. The sandwich board <laughs> humiliation. Yeah, with it, it, the, the bizarrely... Um, ineffectual writing style yeah, of yeah, the 17th yeah. and 18th centuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let it be known that this man is of scurrilous character. It's like, oh, come on. Their Wouldn't political cartoons are even a- worse than oh, ours. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Those old fucking political cartoons. Sir, I just- declare thee to be a knave and a coward incapable of governing a nation even <clears throat> half this size. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then the caption is like, Lord... <laughs> Montebank gets his comeuppance <laughs> yeah. or something. Just like completely, completely bloodless, <laughs> and 
discursive revenge <laughs> fantasies. It's just, which is, yeah, later adapted into the West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's <laughs> so fucking spot on. <laughs> so anyway, the Tyler people Sotes. in Parliament who thought that Titus Oates was full of shit, he slurred as Tories. And because most of them were not in the Whig government, but were mm. the opposition, they ended up adopting the name for themselves. But I think its original meaning of bandit is f- amazingly appropriate. Yeah, that's cool. There's no way that at some point in some future project, I'm not using that as just a term for bandit so that... Bring it back into the Bring discourse. Bring it back into discourse. Yeah. Interestingly enough, wig is uh, also not an English word. It's a Scots word, mm. which no, has something to do with the horrible crime of being somebody who has a job. Ah, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely Scottish. <laughs> um, bring ba- we should bring back Scots timing. I know that that's a massive digression. We should bring back Scots timing in music. Change chord when you feel like it. Rhythm is for fucking... <laughs> Rhythm is not Scottish. It's not. It's true. Yeah. It makes beautiful music, though. I've never heard a, a Scots timing song. I'll Listen to, to the uh, the original. Oh, this guy might be Welsh, but the original version of uh, Shoals of Herring. Okay, that's in Scots timing, and I think um, Dink song by Dave Van Ronk uses. Uh, he Dave he's American. Van Ronk. <clears throat> Dave of Van course. Ronk. He's a anybody fan- called Dave Van Ronk is bound to be American. Mm, Van Ronk. Oh, Van Ronk. Yeah. I thought it was like a sort of 80s music name. Yeah. He's really good because like, not only was he a fucking phenomenal musician, but like he was around in the same at the same time as like fucking Bob Dylan and shit in the like real folk okay. <coughs> boom of, uh, of the American 60s. But he never quite got famous. So all of the latter day videos of him are just like, he's just a fucking American. He's like a fat dude in an ill-fitting bomber jacket and an ugly hat <laughs> getting up there. And just being like, oh, thanks for having me at the festival, everybody. Here's one of the most beautiful and timeless <laughs> folk songs of all time. Like the access to, to a legend of the field. Anyway, that's That a, sounds that's fun. I will have to check him out. He's very good. <laughs> so the Tories quickly shed their pro-Catholic uh, image anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, sorry. <laughs> Both listeners and us for that. By, by the time... Um, the 18th century was drawing to a close. They mm. were established as the cutting edge of reactionary imperialist psychopathy mm. uh, under William Pitt the Younger mm. and um, the man who eventually gave them what I guess you could say, if they ever had an intellectual presence, uh, uh, Edmund Burke yeah, and his theory on conservative government, which essentially... Um, Actually, in fairness to Burke, compared to the way the Tory party have behaved mm. ever since, comparatively highly enlightened, is essentially the old traditional notion of conservatism that you w- wasn't about stopping proce- progress, it was about artfully managing progress so as not to disrupt social norms. Yeah. Uh, and avoiding, therefore, the French Revolution, which mm. had made him very nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> What the Democrats and the Labour Party do, basically. Yeah, yeah. The Tories uh, eventually hit upon a pretty basic award-winning and election-winning formula, Mm -hmm. which was passing off narrow class interests as broader patriotic policies. Classic move. So, 
until the 19th century, for example, they were protectionist uh, mercantilists who mm -hmm. focused on colonial expansion in order to capture foreign markets um, and passed very restrictive um, policies on trade, especially with France and Spain, whose colonial rivals they were. They brutally uh, oppressed the Irish and Welsh populations, and after the Act of Union with um, Scotland, it was the Tories who uh, cleared the highlands to make way for sheep grazing. Sure. So they've always, always represented the interests of uh, essentially the wealthy class. Yeah. In the 1980s, they smelt more money from the finance service sector than they mm -hmm. did from Britain's traditional industries, which is why they suddenly swung towards the free market mm -hmm. and deregulation. And their uh, policies are essentially responsible largely for the development and creation of the British Empire mm. and the fact that the British Empire was run as a large business. Yeah, yeah. Um, meaning they are responsible for the deaths of more people that they <clears throat> should have been caring for than Joseph yeah. Stalin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This like is the 70 million people in the Bengal region of India alone. Yep. That's the whenever anybody talks about the death toll of uh, communist, you know, USSR and China and stuff, which are terrible things. Oh, they're indefensible. But the fact is, <clears throat> capitalism is perfectly if, capable of those yeah, crimes. Absolutely. If if you want to subscribe to any sort of political theory, mm. um, there's blood on its hands. Yeah. As far as I'm aware, there's no theory of government that hasn't uh, caused tens of millions of people to unnecessarily die. Mm. Um, and that will be true also of anarchy, if we ever get that. <laughs> anarchy, yeah. That's a wobbly one. I love its principles. I'm not going to come out as anti-anarchist. I'm not anti-anarchist like either. I, I, I just They're said good. it's something that you have to come to terms with. Yeah. Um, politics is a, is a tool used by people to kill and harm others, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. But it's what it's in service to... Um, that one has to bear in mind because that can be a mitigating factor. Mm. So the t <laughs> we'll get off that extremely depressing there's no way out uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> approach yeah. and go back to what a Tory is. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. <laughs> in the present day, the Tories are split between the wets and dries as they were under Thatcher. Mm. The wet Tories are Tories who have a more liberal approach to conservative government, are interested in um, integration with Europe mm. and tend to be more opposed to foreign military adventures that aren't in Britain's direct national interest. They're not opposed to them per se. Yeah, yeah. The dry Tories are much more interested in alliance with the Americans. Yeah. Uh, insist that the Commonwealth of Nations is some sort of organisation with some sort of significance beyond pure symbolism yeah. and genuinely believe that they can somehow uh, resuscitate it into a kind of British Empire 2.0 that will compensate for the loss of trade with Europe, which they yeah. irrationally despise. So if, if, I guess, like Boris Johnson, maybe disingenuously because he's... Because he's compulsively disingenuous, yeah. but if he's a dry Tory, who would be a wet Tory by comparison? In the prominent <clears throat> leadership at the moment, there aren't a lot left. Theresa May was a wet Tory before she became Prime Minister and decided to follow mm. through with Brexit. Um, she definitely looked wet. 
<laughs> David Cameron was a wet Tory. Damp. Yeah, he also um, a damp fellow. The most famous ones from what for the Tory party were the good old days mm. would be guys like Michael Heseltine and John Major. Yeah. Um, basically, I John Major, I don't know, Heseltine. It's because the Tory party have expunged him from the records ah. um, because he decided Thatcher had to go before the rest of them did, essentially. Yeah. Um, and he decided that because he became convinced for weird and eccentric reasons that she was a dangerous maniac who shouldn't be allowed to <coughs> run the country anymore. Interesting. But he was her favoured son for a while, and so the backlash against him in the Tory party was very aggressive when he yeah, mistimed yeah. his leadership coup. Uh, but yeah, he, he was he's, he's not somebody to um, shed any tears for. He's an arsehole. Mm. <laughs> he just happened to be less of an arsehole than the yeah. tries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't so, take much to look good up against fucking Thatcher in a uh, stable. It does not. Um, so the the heart of Toryism is essentially very simple, regardless of whether it's wet Toryism or dry Toryism. Mm. You are selling narrow class interests, which are always those of the financially dominant class, not necessarily always the politically dominant class, but yeah. always the financially dominant class. Yep. And you are disguising those as patriotic <coughs> interests. Yeah. Classic. Um, not, um, not innately to Toryism, but kind of inescapably linked to Toryism is racism. Mm. Um there may be a future point where it ceases to be a device they can use, but as mm. far as patriotic initiatives go, racism tends to be pretty helpful. Yeah, yeah. And they are very, very good at selling, or they have become very good at selling to working class and middle class voters whose interests they do not represent, mm -hmm. that by representing the interests of Britain more broadly, they're a party that should be supported. Yeah. Um, the Brexit fiasco is an amazing example of that. Yeah, yeah. I know there's a lot of people on the left who are pro-Brexit because the EU is a neoliberal nightmare land. Mm. This is a position I understand. I'm not pro-Brexit because yeah. the European Union is still something that is much better for Britain yeah. to be in than to be out of because the alternatives are <clears throat> like do a free trade deal with the US that just yeah. completely destroys everyone in the UK and yeah, turns yeah, it yeah. into Little America. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can understand the impulse to be uh, against the EU as a long-term goal and stuff, but it's like, if you have fucking phimosis and your doctor tells you that you have to get circumcised, you don't do it with a fucking pistol. Like, Correct. It's extremely oh, well, the fact unnuanced, is to, unnuanced to just be like uncritically pro-Brexit because it... Britain is a significantly, or was... <clears throat> a significantly influential enough member of the EU that mm. if the British people had elected reformist politicians to parliament, mm. they would have been able to influence EU policy. Yeah. Um, the fact is, like, you, the EU is the only free trade bloc where you actually get a representative parliamentarian to argue your case for you. Yeah. You yeah. don't get that with the Americans. You don't get no. that with the Chinese. You don't get yeah. that with anybody else. And also, like... And unfortunately... Oh, sorry. Brexit is like the one credible threat to the left in Britain, which seemed extremely strong before the vote and like ascendant and stuff. And other than completely spurious allegations of anti-Semitism, <clears throat> the Brexit fiasco is like what's really... That's something you can legitimately of... criticise Corbyn for because he's 
mm. basically um, destroyed his chances of building a progressive coalition by refusing to back Remain. Yeah, I mean he's he's come back around and talked about a people's vote and shit now, and but like in a very bet hedging kind Nobody of way. Nobody could possibly be fooled by it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's it's a real shame, a real fucking blunder. And more, in my view, more borders are never a good thing. Um, yeah. Borders are... They form a net around the planet that is just going to become constrictive and throttleless. Yeah. Well, it, borders will be what kills <clears throat> us. The idea of the, the hard border in uh, Northern Ireland is, like, fucking... It's insanely dangerous. Hugely dangerous aspect to Brexit that, yeah. um, other than... I mean, people talk about it a little bit, I guess, but nobody's really kind of confronted it head on. Nigel Farage was just like, yes, of course there'll be. Or wait, no, maybe it was the other dude, the drippy, uh, the drippy knob. What was, what's his fucking name? <laughs> the That's so Reece unhelpful. Mogg. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Mogg, uh was like, yes. Uh, so don't be a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's- you can trust me. <laughs> I've always wielded power wisely and with great efficacy. Yeah, yeah. What? Such a trustworthy fucking <laughs> cant to that dude's speech. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, uh, fuck. Yeah. Sorry, I, I feel I've derailed you again. No, nah, like that, 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 that. There's, they're a pretty simple group. Now, mm. our, our coalition follow from them in interesting ways. They're not exactly the same. Yeah. Although they have always followed the same policies. Yeah, you can definitely see parallels. The big <clears> difference is that the Tory party in the UK have always drawn a lot of their support from the public from their perceived alliance with the monarchy and with the church. Right. Which yeah. the Liberal Party in Australia hasn't had as a crutch since probably the 70s. Yeah, Abbott tried it. Abbott did try Abbott it. And tried it was, the hypermonarchist shit and nobody gave a fuck. <laughs> well, worse, people turned out to be very angry about it. Yeah. Um, his side of politics as well as as ours. You can say that much for the Australian Tory. They are at least somewhat Republican inclined. Yeah, yeah. It kind of blows my mind that basically every Australian is kind of Republican uh, in their heart, but Uh, can't get it off the fucking ground. I I believe there's a genuine sentimental attachment to Elizabeth II. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a ton of people, like the fucking royal wedding and the royal babies and all of that shit gets a lot of play here. But when you break it down as like a governmental idea and you're like, should the queen be our head of state? Like people are generally like, it seems a bit dumb. Yeah, no, it's obviously embarrassing. And the Mm. Americans have shown us that you don't need to actually have her be involved to be disgustingly obsessed with her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you still get all of the the fucking TV shows, the bizarre fucking lifetime movie style things with... Yeah, yeah. British Tories are also, I will say this, a Tory is somebody who has absolutely a true Tory. Mm. No fear of doing anything to appease the powerful. Yeah. They are, like, the Liberal Party in Australia obviously humiliate us on the world stage frequently with their obsequious kowtowing to the Americans. Yeah. But have absolutely nothing on the British Tories. Oh, yeah. Who have a very strong kind of... There are no hard limits to a true submissive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, like, trying to catch piss in their mouths that wasn't even aimed at them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Amazingly yeah. undignified and embarrassing people. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the most abject way that I can... At least Mal- Malcolm Turnbull had a safe word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't get to be British style and then still wear that leather jacket. That's the thing. <laughs> Turnbull wasn't going to give that up. No, it's, <clears> it's <throat> and, and and they're a great lesson. The British Tories in the fact that in the pursuit of power, there is no dignity. Yeah, yeah. For if it if it is power for power's sake, it is impossible to do it in a remotely dignified fashion. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they are in that sense. They provide something of a satirical service. Mm. Um, laying bare to all mankind how truly pathetic those who wish to rule us yeah. simply for the sake of exercising power mm. um, fundamentally turn out to be. Yeah, yeah. But they have no philosophy other than purveying narrow class interest and they know how to dress it up, as I've said, as, uh, as patriotism. Yeah, yeah. But they will never, ever be able to <clears throat> quantify and they have never been able to quantify mm. how any of their allegedly patriotic positions actually assist uh, the people of their country in yeah, any yeah, fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always... And yeah. you'll see that with our Tories as well. Yeah. They always just slip. I feel like our Tories are better at making up completely fake numbers our tories like, have a better understanding <clears throat> the, of economic theory yeah definitely yeah like the franking credits debacle like all of the shit that they said was i like disingenuous at best and false at worst but at least they had like a numbers framework to dress up their lies whereas yeah when you try to confront when journalists have tried to confront boris johnson on the nhs figures that he lied about on that stupid fucking bus. oh yeah he just just fucking disappears down the drain like a piece of fucking gack or something it's it's, it's incredible yeah they, yeah they don't even have the gumption to fucking lie well but they've never needed to yeah i mean it works for them Can't they've never needed that. to that our tories are wrestling with things like the legacy of malcolm fraser for yeah. instance you know this embarrassing anomaly for them yeah which was what uh, a bastard <laughs> forcing the liberal party to grapple with the fact that occasionally the public expects a statesman speaking up against apartheid welcoming refugees <laughs> yeah maintaining the visions of his labor predecessor who mm. he albeit who he brutally and unconstitutionally uh uh trashed yeah but he still stands head and shoulders above most of our prime ministers unfortunately unfortunately yeah Mads uncovered a thing about uh, a story about a, a Vietnamese refugee <clears throat> in a processing center in Melbourne, I think, who... I forget the specifics of the story, but basically they were maybe a fucking kid and, like, separated from their family and, and denied medical attention that they needed. The typical sort of, like, what uh, we do egregious abuse help, yeah. uh, that we do. And this is, like, a Vietnamese refugee today... As opposed to, yeah, at the height of the Vietnam War and Reds Under the Bed scary shit when we were just like, sure, come. We can resettle you in the community. Yeah. And now we have fucking beautifully verdant streets full of delicious restaurants and ample heroin. It's true. They are both very tasty. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's an intrinsic failing of the Vietnamese people that they happened to be (laughs) caught up in the heroin trade in Melbourne. I think that's an unfortunate side effect of... Poverty and disenfranchisement, as always. Yeah, and the fact that you only need a very small number of criminals to tarnish an entire community yeah, if you're yeah. in a racist country. Yeah, that's true. And it's all, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's definitely fucking more white dudes on, like, Victoria Street doing drug deals than, than Vietnamese dudes. Yeah. Anecdotally, from what I see. 
Uh, from what I, I mean, when I was living in North Richmond, yeah, mm. I would say it's a fair bit. You had that pill dropping story, right? When yeah. Oh, yeah. And- the fucking sorry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> there used to be a cafe. It's closed now because it wasn't very good. But mm. on the corner of Victoria and Nicholson Street, that's the small Nicholson Street that leads into Abbotsford, not yeah, the other yeah, Nicholson yeah. Street that leads off Victoria Street. That's enormous. The yeah. small one up to Abbotsford. This cafe was called Quint, and they had all glass. Um, windowed walls like you could see everywhere inside the cafe and you could see two uniformed police officers getting their takeaway lunch from the counter Mm. and this fucking fantastic like 90s throwback um, shell suit wearing rat tailed idiot decided to prop his shop up right outside the cafe's doors and the police were getting their sandwiches and heading back out to the front door and someone comes along to another fucking brilliantly intelligent person (laughs) they like they do the little inverted nod at each other and they Mm. do the funny little handshake that's not at all obvious yeah just as the police who could see all of this as well because the fucking door is made of glass too it was a completely modern cafe there was nothing in the cafe that wasn't glass (laughs) yeah yeah. the police are trying not to see this happen because they've got their lunch but the fucking idiot then dropped the pills (laughs) right in front of them <laughs> and I've fucking the the, the yeah. look it was it was a, a senior constable and a junior constable and just the look of exasperation and <laughs> sadness on their faces as they realised that their sandwiches were going to be cold by the time they got to eat them because <laughs> yeah. they had to make the arrest the whole yeah. street had seen them walk into this <laughs> they really this. fucking shoved the guy up against the wall when they handcuffed him there. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Um, Non-Vietnamese people are also involved in their own distribution. No fucking kidding. Yeah. Oh, man. Bless. So, yeah, I think having Fraser's legacy to deal with Mm. has meant that the Liberal Party have had a more prominent moderate faction than the British Tory Party. That's obviously washed away nothing now. Yeah. But it was there for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the way Howard was able to sell stuff, like, do you, oh, do you remember the um, the GST mm. ad campaign? Very, very where they had that country unchain my heart, <laughs> and all these people wandering around with literal chains wrapping them <clears> up. <throat> that was starting. And when the GST came in, the chains fell off them. Yeah, like phenomenal. Ten percent increase in prices. What yeah. the fuck is that unchaining? <laughs> yeah. Even fucking weirdest ad. Even with how credulous and artistically tasteless the Australian public has been trained to be, that still fucking stretches belief a little bit. So (laughs) incredible. But it was work choices that got him. Yeah. Not that. Oh, fuck. We eat that shit up with a spoon, dude. (laughs) The fury. The fury from the Liberals if Labour had introduced the GST yeah. Yeah. and had tried to sell it with had an ad campaign like yeah. that. <clears throat> it's an everything tax. Yes, it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, quite right. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the, oh, no, that's not a note. That's Robin's shopping list. That's, mm. my, that's my project for after this mm. on my way home. Yeah. Working class travails. Well, that's a good. That's a genuinely fascinating uh, primer. Well, because they're, they're different to the American right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the American right are actually like messianic um, 
reactionary yeah, lunatics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're an apocalypse cult, like, yeah. at their core. Whereas the Tories are simply weak uh, opportunists. Yeah. And they are, as you point out, distinct in a lot of ways from our uh, conservative <clears throat> political factions, but there are enough parallels that calling the Tories here Tories kind of... Yeah, the, there are. holds water. The, Maybe the, little... the fundamental purpose of the organisation is consistent. Yeah. Um, and you can see the, the cultural legacy. Mm. It's fun to be living in the crumbling outpost of a dead white supremacist yeah. commercial empire. <laughs> yeah. It's, which is fucking interesting, because that's where England started. That is where Romans. England started so, with the Romans. Oh, yeah. So maybe we'll be the next Fair great point. empire. Ah, the Romans. Less racist than us. <laughs> <laughs> Man, maybe we should become both become those, like, hardcore classicists who just talk about <laughs> how far the civilization has fallen since the Greeks and the Romans. Just Ignatius J. Riley. Well, my um, my YouTube handle then will be Manlius Maximus because that is the name of an actual Roman oh, really? yeah. <laughs> Nice. I don't know if I can find a statue of him, mm. but no one will know. I'll just I'll just use Plato's. Yeah, cool. I'll be Boethius Lives. Nice. And we can <laughs> we can have each other on our channels and then get into a, a bitter feud and rivalry over some. Actually, I'm a Republican imperialist, which is about mm. spreading civilization and commerce. Yeah. Oh, you mean like the other imp- the usual <laughs> cell that we yeah, have? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how quickly we would learn that lesson that like nobody watches your video until you upload the one where it's like, here's what Plato would have said about trans rights. <laughs> like, oh shit! It is just a fucking grift. <laughs> Surely the easiest way these days is just immediately slag off contrapoints and yeah, ride off her coattails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get pretty far on that on, on the left and the right. The left fucking hate contrapoints. They're yeah, the really kind know, of fighty, shitty part of the online left. likes to point out that we suck at a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, it's, it doesn't pay too well to look at the internet left a lot of the time and their conduct. No. Well, actually, you had a bit you told me. Oh, Amber getting cancelled? Yeah. Yeah, Amber Frost. I have a confession to make about Amber Frost. I originally thought her name was a yellow snow joke, and I discovered that it wasn't, and then I felt very bad. (laughs) (laughs) She jokes a lot about how she had to live her entire life with a stripper's name. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she and Anna Kachian, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Neither Uh, do I. Anna Kachian from I also do not watch Red Scare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, listen to. Podcasts. Listen to Red's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. If ever ample proof was needed. Mm, Don't even know what format it is. <laughs> so those two, this is what's like such the reality show appeal of American left internet politics in fucking Brooklyn is it's like, <laughs> oh, Amber Frost used to live with Nick Mullen from Cumtown and Cumtown's Adam Friedland's ex-girlfriend, Dasha, is the other... Uh, co-host of Red Scare. So Amber and Anna Kachian did this fucking interview for Spiked Magazine, which is a like Koch Brothers found f- uh, yeah, funded. Yeah, yeah. I know, uh, I know, I know. Spiked right-wing uh, online publication, and they did a fucking insanely ill-advised, like an absolute tactical blunder to get in there and and do that kind of like. Here's why the left is kind of like the right kind of interview, but uh, yeah, Amber Frost. Incompetent and full of itself. Yeah. 
they are. Uh, That's a good parallel. Yeah. They seemed like they were off their heads on coke or whatever. Amber Frost didn't say anything like too, too bad. I don't think she had some bad takes, I guess, but nothing too bad. But Anna Katchian seems like a fucking moron and could genuinely be like a conservative within five years if the if the wind blows the right way. But uh, yeah, the Twitter cancelled Amber Frost and they're like, I always knew she was a fascist. And it's like, that's the, that's the, she's like a hardline traditional Marxist labor organization person. She can be an idiot. You can think she was dumb for doing it, but she's not a fucking fascist. Like seriously, there are actual fascists at the moment who claim that you call too many things fascists. Yeah. You can't point out how Donald Trump's administration in the past, like, few months has been doing some legitimately, like, super fashy moves and then also be like, and also Amber Frost is a neo-Nazi and it's like, so no, she's just an idiot and a little the, bit sheltered. This is actually the um, the genesis of the expression political correctness. Yeah. Was an inside joke in American leftist groups in the mm. 70s for when people fuck up the... Um, like schema, basically, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. blunder. I was like, oh, not very politically correct. Uh, yeah, it was a joke. It wasn't meant to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watching the yeah the the, <clears throat> the there's there's like a paranoiac impulse to root out all evil because we're all fucking terrified that the leftist movement will sabotage itself. And, yeah, and except it's, it's, it always it's, sabotages itself by going on these deranged well, witch the hunts. Well, that's the thing. It's a Shakespearean what the irony. Political is. correctness joke was. Yeah. It was based on, like, you know, Maoist purges and stuff. Yeah, yeah, This yeah. idea that you were being politically incorrect. Yeah, yeah. The, it's fucking... It's pure dramatic irony that the people doing the most damage are the people who can't be like... Like, it's not... You don't... It's fucking American as hell. It doesn't have to be so absolutist. You can be like... I disagree with Amber Frost on the relative weighting of class politics versus identity politics. That's fine. Like I do, for example. I don't think that identity politics are as meaningless as she does, although I also understand all of the critiques. You know, white feminism being the the current sort of identity politics fuck-up du jour. Yeah. You don't have to then just be like, exiled! She's exiled! (laughs) I hate... And people, yeah, people think that fucking... There's, there's a sector of leftist, like, Twitter particularly, who think that Chapo are, like, crypto-fascists or something. And yeah. it's like, no, the you've got a fucking labor... Brocialist fucking yeah, poses. But they're all, like, yeah. They're, they can be obnoxious. Will Menneker's granddad was, like, a fucking communist spy or some <laughs> shit, whatever that whole thing was. They can be obnoxious. They can be, like... <laughs> tasteless or whatever but there's not a single point where they're you and i never right fall into that trap yeah <laughs> we're charming because we just prostrate ourselves immediately the second we oh, fuck up and we're like fuck <laughs> punish me i've messed up except uh, i will not i will not back down from my israel for our critiques the man's an ass yeah, I think that's fine. I don't I don't have any fucking gas for the counter <laughs> argument there. I don't think the definite reality that black people are punished more than white people necessarily means you have to cape for somebody who's that big of an arsehole. But no, it does not. Yeah, anyway, I don't know. It's it's really frustrating when 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 people are like, Yeah, Chapo is the problem. Not fucking Joe Biden or fucking Donald no, Trump. Our enemies but, aren't the problem. We're the problem. Yeah. But a bunch of fucking admittedly 
pretty. Uh, I remember when um, <coughs> like Justice Democrats kicked Chenk <coughs> Yuga from the Young Turks out because mm. somebody found a, on a website that like doesn't meaningfully exist anymore. Mm. <laughs> it's a, such an ancient mid nineties fucking blog post that you have to dig through archives. You can't yeah. just get there by searching. Um, where he wrote like a fucking embarrassing sexist bit when he was basically a university student. Yeah. Which he's already like, um, I think years ago explained very candidly that he used to be a Republican, a card carrying Republican knucklehead, which is a past mm. he's very ashamed of and embarrassed yeah, about. Yeah. And like, it wasn't a particular, in the context of nineties frat boy fuckwits, it was a pretty like, yeah, this guy can't write very well. And he's, yeah, yeah, got sexual adequacy issues, but yeah, but it's- <laughs> they and he was like quite an effective organizer for the Justice Democrats, yeah. and he was booted out over that, which struck yeah. me as insane. He's corrupted. It's very Catholic. The, it's something the from of- like nearly thirty fucking years ago. Yeah, which he's already admitted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the same with the fucking. I mean, less high stakes and not really. The same thing, but James Gunn, that uh, the director, got kicked fired, oh, yeah. fired by Disney for his old tweets, which he'd already apologised for and stuff like that. But he's been like, brought back now, I he's believe. He's been brought back because now because everybody kicked Disney, stick about it. Again, like the, the bit I think we are doing before with the, it's so difficult to navigate this new moral landscape. Yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. Also, not. like, baffling, <laughs> this is the thing that Disney chooses to make a moral stand on is some dude's old tweets. It's fucking extraordinary. Yeah, it's bad. People are allowed to fuck up. I don't know. It's the the original sin arguments rub me up the wrong way. No, I I, I only uh, remain belligerent when people are digging in or refusing to accept that they've you know doesn't yeah. or, or know that they've done something wrong and are too evil to care. Yeah. But if someone just makes a blue, especially yeah. if you're like feel to like I'm gonna spend my life focusing on discussing politics. Mm. Oh, you're going to make so many fucking yeah. terrible mistakes. <laughs> yeah. And Chavo stepped in a bunch of times. The fucking, they had the photo that they took with the Bill Cosby star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which is like a tasteless joke. I don't think that they were saying that they love Bill Cosby. No. But, you know, they apologized after it and they were like, all right, maybe too soon. Uh, but she'll recover from, from being cancelled. Liam Neeson's all right. Oh, she's not going to give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, Liam Kept Neeson. his head down for a bit. People got over it. Mm. It's, we we yeah. have such little, like, focus for genuine moral fiascos. Yeah. Conf- these it's ones the, are... It's, that's the irritating part, is it's like you have all of this attention to pour into moral crusading online. Why... <laughs> Your country is doing concentration camps, man. Like, fucking keep yeah. your eye on the ball. <laughs> Oh, only their country, though, not us. Yeah, yeah, ours no, are, we're free to... Ours are detention centres, not even in Australia, actually. Mm. So, it's actually it's Nauru and Papua New yeah. Guinea who are violating human rights, not us. Yeah, yeah. Sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how... That's kind of the bizarre logic that the Green senator who went to to look at uh, oh, the facilities that was a recently. thing we could have talked about, yeah, wasn't it? and he was deported... <laughs> Like, that's a bad sign. It's a terrible you've sign. you've set up a kind of nice recursive loop where you can deport Australians to stop them from looking at Australian prisons. Yeah. Fucking hell. Genius. Uh, they yeah. do evil well, the, the liberals. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, that's what a Tory is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we need to... I was just going to talk a little bit about Labour, but... I well, we do a little anything. bit on Labour. So, Anthony Albanese is, like, the Tory fighter. Yeah, yeah. Has those, like, Zane Grey, horrible old Western novels where, like, ah, here comes Targer O'Reilly, the famous <laughs> engine fighter. <laughs> yeah, He's yeah. heading out to the plains to solve this problem once and for all. Yeah, yeah. And then Tiger gets hit on the back of a head and wakes up and he's in a fucking made-up tribe camp and yeah, ends yeah, up yeah. becoming one of them and helping oh, them yeah. fend off. That's what the famous Tory fighter, Anthony yeah, Albanese, yeah, is that's it. He's naturalising <laughs> and he's like, actually, there's we have more in common than you might think. I've dismissed this culture as rude and savage, <laughs> yeah. but I have so much to learn from yeah. their fantastic cattle raiding. I left this town <laughs> with one goal, to kill the Tories. But I have taken a Tory wife. I have raised a Tory child. 100%. One fucking 100%. The last Tory of film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Albanese's just been fucking, yeah, grotesquely disappointing on everything. They capitulated on the tax cut. uh, The the only impressive thing has been the speed with which the disappointment has struck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's extremely efficient uh, fall from grace shit. They recently, like in the last couple of days, there there were a few Labour MPs who were coming out and saying, all right, let's cut the horse shit now. We need an increase to new start. Because they uh, famously in the election, they campaigned on reviewing, reviewing an 18-month review into yeah. new start. So a, a few people came out and Albanese has, I guess, been forced. But like <laughs> Albanese, who was supposed to be the fucking hope of the left has been forced by the left wing of his party into saying that Newstart should be raised. But Of course uh, it should. The only reason it's so low is because the private sector will hit the roof if they have to start competing with Centrelink for their workers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, there's, there was never a, a money issue with welfare. There was never an efficiency issue. No. It was the danger to profitability. Danger to profitability, yeah. And a useful kind of ideological standard as well. We've got to make sure that People oh. keep hating the poor. and People keep, keep hating, hating the poor, and we must never, ever let it be known that the state can actually manage mm. projects effectively. Yeah. Only the private sector. Mm. The, the good, like, I've had a lot of conversations with, because, yeah, the set that I went to school with and shit, sort of people in my kind of general circle, not necessarily friends, but people who I see from time to time, uh, I've had conversations with them about welfare and in the past they would always be on that line of like yeah but if people are rotting the system then you have to catch them and like gratifyingly a lot of those people seem to have migrated to the idea the correct idea that it's far better to have how many rotters did that fucking insane there are virtually none it's it was like 16 or some shit yeah you just accept that it's yeah Yeah. some people are gonna who fucking cares yeah honestly not they're not people that you want to be working with or for you or that you <laughs> yeah, want to have to rely true. on as a fucking customer. Yeah, yeah. Just let them be. It's much more expensive mm. and to try and find them than it is to just accept that they're there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're fucking... So, uh, a friend of mine did point out that the, the rorting rate is much, much higher in, like, youth allowance and study allowance and shit, but they're fucking kids. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, Still not talking about much money. And also, yeah, you're talking about fuck all money. And also <laughs> those 
those scams are usually in the form of like, oh, also I have a cash in hand job where I'm being illegally underpaid yeah. by George Columbaris. So. 100%. They're still normally people who need the money. It's only yeah. rotting by the fucking deranged standards that yeah. the government have set for Centrelink. They're not, it's, it's not enough to buy yourself even a fucking game console or one of the like cheaper of the traditional scam. Technically, um, I rotted the system because I accidentally entered my net pay instead of my gross oh, pay yeah. for the two months that I was on Oz study before yeah. I lost interest in filling their forms in. Yeah. And it was actually quite difficult to return the money. <laughs> yeah. I've been hearing a lot like, of- you have to wait for them to fucking get back to you. Yeah. I'm like, oh. I've been hearing a lot of, reading a lot of stories of people being like, it's really hard to cancel your payments. Like, yeah. if you're a new start and you get a job, it, it's like the most efficient way is to then just stop contacting them. stop contacting them and, and they drop you off. Yeah. yeah. But there was a story of one person who, like, was getting payments and tried to cancel it and the person that they were talking to couldn't cancel it. And they were like, just think of it as an interest-free loan. And it's like no, because this is gonna this is gonna pile into my account and sit there like a fucking ticking time bomb until I get a robo debt that says that I owe three times as much back. Like fucking cancel it and stop. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all fucking topsy turvy. But uh, yeah, so I guess Albanese came out and said yes, we need a raise, which we hundred percent do. He won't get us one. One of his MPs was like, but we acknowledge that this isn't an election winning issue, which is like classic technocratic fucking. Uh, process-based campaign mindset. It's like, well, then how are the disenfranchised ever supposed to have a fucking political shot? Well, they're not. Because inherently their shit is not election winning. Giving the disenfranchised a political shot is Mm. antithetical to a capitalist system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know all of this. I I should be beyond anger at this point, but... I mean, it, it, it doesn't work regardless of whether the poor have power or not, but yeah. it works even less for the interest holders if the poor have power. Yeah, it's yeah. super simple. It's just bizarre. It's Yeah, I don't know. It's not bizarre. It's just extremely disheartening to get to this point. And this is how long it's taken to deprogram me from the idea of, like, viable electoral politics. But uh, this was really the, the final nail of, like, if you are somebody, a citizen, and therefore complicit in the crimes of any party that you've voted for uh, and you are against fucking concentration camps offshore and you're against environmental damage and stuff. There's just not a fucking option. That's not democracy. No. To to deny that voice. There's like the Greens and there are the small worker parties and shit which can represent stuff. But like on a national scale, which is the scale at which these things need to change... There's just not a fucking option for people. What we call democracy, you got to remember, is a system that was specifically designed to exclude the petty bourgeoisie and the proletariat, and definitely the lumpen proletariat, yeah. from politics. And it happens that the proles and the petties were able to crowbar their way in over a 200-year period. Yeah. But the structure of the system hasn't changed. Yeah. This is what you were talking about before on tea break or before we started recording, that like accidentally the most incisive political commentary that Game of Thrones did was the scenes oh, yeah. in the last season. Absolutely. Like, the the anti-democracy bit. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, this was only important for the aristocracy. Everything that's just happened that yeah. you've just been watching was really important for seven people in yeah. the whole in the world. And yeah. no I'm one else gains or loses dead. by it. And yeah, yeah, untold millions dead. Yeah. I think that was deliberate 
that's definitely deliberate from like George. I oh yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I, well, that's but, like, yeah. The the show. I haven't read the screwed books. Screwed the pooch on yeah. presentation. I haven't read the books, but I've heard that like a central theme of it is that the reader spends a lot of time with like the hounds trip is partially so that you can spend a lot of time with the regular people who yeah. are just like apparently and all of this implication that like people are just <clears throat> starving and there are food crises that are not getting addressed and all of that sort of stuff. I've been told this is true. And absent from the show because it's all about like, wow, this princess is a fucking kick-ass fighter now. <laughs> there were a couple of scenes where we saw some poor people having a bad time. Yeah, there that was, was literally it. Well, I, I guess it must have been so inescapable from that Hound and Aya trip that they were forced to put in that scene with the old dude that and his daughter who they robbed or whatever. Yeah, or that's were, right. Were going around. I forget exactly what happened. And um, Jonathan Price, who then seamlessly reappeared as the High Sparrow, and yeah. everyone was fine with that. <laughs> they do that a little bit in, firstly, char- like individual characters who will have like four different actors, and then yeah, individual <laughs> actors who will have like four different characters. Like it's it's really just a better version of the Bill in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. All right, let's bring this train into the station. A two-hour mega episode. Chew fucking chew. Chew fucking chew, listener. Chew fucking chew. Uh, have you checked the email lately? I still don't know. I, no, I've been on holiday, man. I've uh, I've been on holiday and I've been preparing for university to start up again. Yeah. Which I get my textbook tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. And uh, But if anybody does want to email us, and I will check them this week, mm-hmm. um, weaknessforbleakness at gmail.com. There are no tricks with the spelling. Yeah, very good. Uh, I almost revealed the password on air. I will... <laughs> Don't do that. Calm the I fuck I think down. I know what it is. It's just the particulars of it that I'm not 100% sure about. The I also yeah. think I know what it is, but it's just the particulars. No, I'm gonna have yeah, to, cool. I know what it is. I will just have to remember it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's in there. Um, so we've got can... um, some, some exciting news for our very, very benevolent uh, singer-songwriter who oh, yeah, lets yeah, us yeah. use his music for free. Old and Leonardo's may not robot. if we don't spruik this. Uh, really. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all... It, like, I think, listener, you can download it for free, uh, I believe. Um, uh, yeah, the album that we've been taking early versions of the songs from to use on our show is out. Uh, Ziggurat Vertigo, it's called, and you can listen to it on... Bandcamp and Spotify and shit. That's Ziggurat Vertigo by Leonardo's Robot. Mm-hmm. Marginally more comfortable, or at least marginally safer than actual Pyramid Vertigo, but mm-hmm. still not to be uh, undertaken lightly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the song that we're using at the moment for our outro isn't on it, so I guess that that's something else. But anyway, I might... Maybe he didn't like it and he's just given us a filthy offcut. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> possibly. The greasy leavings. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Leo. Yeah, you... <laughs> Indie cunt. <laughs> it's very important not to actually stoke our <laughs> bad relations, because where feud, else are we going to get free music from? I think um, a social media feud with Leonardo's Robot will do wonders for both of our profiles. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's enter it. I, was, I fell asleep watching Dig last night. We could do that. We can be <laughs> the Dandy Warhols, and <laughs> Leonardo's Robot can be the Brian Jonestown massacre. I would love to be everyone involved in that. Uh, or anyone even yeah anyway so I'll pick one of those songs from the from the full release and play it but yeah go go listen to it it's good I reckon good album I reckon I reckon rightly and Mm. that uh, here ends the lesson yeah thank you for your time goodbye goodbye